Uh, hey, uh, before we start the show and the music, we hope that everyone in Nats Nation is safe, everyone in the Talk Nats community is doing well, and uh, we realize things are a little nuts, but right now we're going to try to do a normal show, crack some beers, talk about baseball, and, uh, you know, make some jokes. Yeah, I just hope, you know, we can be a little bit of a distraction. I know um, we could probably all use that in our life right now, so that's uh, enough about that. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the uh, Talk Nats podcast. My name is Kevin Nibley, and as always, I'm joined by Brian King. Hey, hey, man, uh, how are you doing? Uh, what are you drinking? What aren't you drinking? I'm pretty much our entire liquor cabinet's up for grabs these days. Yeah, I've never been uh, more grateful to be a home beer brewer because uh, <laughs> one thing we have a ton of it's beer, and we have so much time on our hands. We've been brewing like crazy. We did two batches of IPA. Wow. We're just we got a scotch ale sitting in our fermenter right now. So yeah, drinking everything. Yeah, yeah, we, we've been a little less classy. We, we've been uh, kind of taking a big thing of Tangeray that I have and just opening like a generic Wegman seltzer water and taking two sips and then just pouring the gin straight into that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, but yeah, no, the one thing that's funny is yeah, I live, I live in New York and it's like right now, if you want to get groceries, it's like a 10 day lead time. And then by the time they get delivered, you're missing a lot of bread or cheese or meat or like essential stuff but uh the beer delivery services here are excellent i can get like a bissell brothers substance it's like a very niche uh, hazy new england uh, craft ipa i can get that to my apartment in 20 minutes on demand so that's <laughs> been like one good thing but yeah anyway uh so baseball uh do you think we're gonna have it this year i mean i hope so like I don't know what form it will be in. I think that will definitely not involve fans. Um, yeah. But, you know, I hope we get to a point later in the summer where we can play some televised games. I'm pretty sure I speak for the whole world when I say we all want sports to come back. So Yeah, it's, it's gotten pretty desperate here. I think it was like last Sunday. We watched about like four hours of like cornhole competitions. Oh, yeah, yeah. We watched that like ESPN ho- game of horse they had. <laughs> it was like, that's where we're at. We're just like, oh my god, did you hear they're playing sports with like destination viewing? We like marked our calendars. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I'm really glad that this happened at least after the Nats won the World Series because at least it gives us you know an extra oh, yeah. couple of months to bask in that and watch the reruns they've been doing on on Masson and all yes. that stuff. So I'm like hey, at least like we have that to tide us over. Oh yeah, no, and just watching some of those back, I mean, man, I've got like a little misty a couple times. I mean that that one Soto hit in a wild card game against Milwaukee just changed the world. Basically, changed probably what it meant to be a Nats fan. Line drive, base hit to right. Battle score one, battle score two as the ball gets away from Grisham and right. That's going to score three runs. And the Washington Nationals have the lead. They have Soto hung up. They tag him out, but nobody in this joint cares. Incredible. Anyway, that's probably enough of us uh, yapping. Um, as always, uh, follow us on Twitter at TalkNats Podcast. And you can basically find our podcast wherever you want to get your podcast iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. But anyway, uh, let's go to our first guest, uh, the brother of Nats manager Davey Martinez, Eric Martinez. Eric, uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time with us today. Uh, first off, how are you holding up? We are doing good, buddy. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, we're we're down in Florida. We're holding up pretty well. So uh, fortunately for us, we haven't our county hasn't been hit too hard. 
So I hear like your brother, you're also in the business of motivation and helping others better themselves. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about Player X and the type of work that you do? Cool, buddy. Well, I'm a um, full-time job. I'm an educator. I'm a teacher in high school. Obviously, coach, it runs in a family, so I coach in high school baseball. And through Player X, a project I started about a year ago, I do a lot of uh, motivational speaking. Keeps me busy, you know, so a little bit of an outlet for me. Now, you played baseball as well, right? I played at the University of Florida and um, went on and signed a free agent contract with the Houston Astros of all teams back <laughs> in the early 90s. You know, played a few years in the minor leagues and, and, and things, you know, just, you know, didn't pan out like it did with Davies. So, sure. You know, we're fortunate. We had some great, some great experiences with baseball. Absolutely. I guess uh, times like these, uh, you know, positive mindset's important. Um, what kind of advice can you offer to our listeners who are, you know, just trying to kind of cope and stay positive with everything that's going on in the world right now? I think it's important that we, we be present, live in the moment. We're all going through struggles right now. We all feel a sense of loss. Let's do some work to think about what we what we can gain at this, this moment. And I know it's hard. It's easy to say. It takes practice to do. But I think... Most importantly, I would say if I had to give one takeaway, this too shall pass. Yeah. Now, your brother was no stranger to adversity in his first year or so with the Nats. At 19 and 31, pretty much everyone in the media and the fan base wanted him fired. I mean, I know he did. <laughs> so what's it like to see your brother in that kind of situation? It was crazy. Um, you know, Dave, Dave was always successful. Um, you know, and when I say successful... You know, we, we were brought up to, to play the game of baseball, to coach the game of baseball, and never never to think about it as losing. You always learn. And Dave, you know, he had a lot of adversity in his career, his playing career, you know, being traded. I think he played for nine nine different teams. Yeah, yeah. But he always had a positive attitude. I think we were more stressed out during that time last year than he was. Okay. You know, um, you know funny story. We, we planned a trip up there. We were going up there to spend the uh, 4th of July up there. And we were seriously—I hate—I never would admit this to him. But we were seriously—we were seriously thinking about canceling our trip, you know, because we thought along yeah. with everybody else. And you know, hey, you may—you know—you may not have a job. Yeah. You know? And then I talked to him, and he's like, "I'm gonna—you know—we're gonna be all right. He said, we're gonna be okay." And when he told me that, I believed him. You know, um, as strange as it was, I believed him. I firmly believe that when he took this job, yeah, he. He knew that he was going to win. I mean, I just—that's just the way Davey operates. He, he is so confident that he knows if he's going to do something, you know, he's going to do it, and it, it worked out. You know, fortunately, it worked out for them. What was that turnaround like? Just you know, obviously, I assume you're a fan of the Nats a little bit, and you're rooting for your brother. It took about a year, year and a half for him, but then things clicked, and when they clicked, they just you know really took off. I mean, the first year we kind of knew. I mean, I think it was obvious, you know. He was learning how to manage. He's always been a bench coach. Mm -hmm. We knew it was going to be a process. You know, so you know, we, we thought, okay, the second year is probably going to be a, a more of a telltale. And uh, it started off, you know, rough. Yeah. You know? And at the time the turnaround started, um, my wife got diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was, it was a story within itself for me because we're, we're dealing with that. You know, my wife's 47 years old young we work out we own a gym we're healthy yeah. and then this comes you know and then the adversity watching baby on tv every night um but everything started to get better at the same time you know they, wow. they, caught, they caught the breast cancer early enough and you know and things were switching and we were you know it, it's, it's to us it's about faith 
you know, she was positive. She did what she needed to do. Davey was doing what he needed to do, you know, and um, it was a great time for us because we had to dig into faith. I think the Nats Nation, you know, they put their trust behind behind Davey and the boys and the whole team, you know, the whole organization, and, and it panned out. But it was a crazy time. Davey would call to see how my wife was doing, how her treat- treatments were going. Yeah. And is your wife doing a little bit better at the treatments? Uh, you know? Yeah, I'm proud to say she's a breast cancer survivor. That's so great. My 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 mother uh, survived uh, bladder cancer, so I pre- yeah, that's great. It's great when you have a good story. That's awesome. That was a little bit from Eric Martinez, and we will be back with him in just a second. And it's amazing too that uh, you know his wife, uh, you know her condition started to improve as the team did, and and we really wish her the best and and hope that you know she continues her recovery. That's that's a really great story. Absolutely. But right now it is time uh, for usually what's my favorite segment, uh, freaking, tweaking, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, I'd like to qualify that nothing we're going to freak or tweak about today is that serious, but we'll give it a shot. So first off, uh, it's at least a 50-50 that there won't be any baseball at all for us to watch in 2020. Uh, Brian, are you freaking, tweaking? Are you trolling some Astros fans on Twitter? Um. I think I'm trolling Astros fans on Twitter. <laughs> I'm Joey Greco, and welcome to another installment of Cheaters. I mean, just because I, I, I even if I was freaking out, I'd be doing that. But um, I mean, I think there's just there's just too much money at stake. They're gonna find a way to, to do it, and you know, even if that means playing in warm weather cities in starting in October, you know, like yeah, yeah. like part like doing it at spring training sites over the the winter you know i'm like i think they'll find a way to 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 do some kind of season prospect of wiping out a whole season that's so much revenue lost it's hard to fathom that they're they're not going to find a way yeah i i think i'm probably trolling astros fans on twitter that's down the right field line into the corner this ball is I mean, at the end of the day, not to be serious, there's obviously bigger things at stake than whether baseball plays in 2020. But, you know, I also do think that they'll figure out a way to do something with it. Um, and also, as a Nats fan, you can still kind of feel like you're the champs for a year. Like, whoever wins whatever kind of weird thing they do this year, you know, will probably have an even bigger asterisk in the minds of the fans than the 2017 Astros. So in some strange way, even if there is a season, uh, the Nats are going to be the champs until October 2021. So anyway, um, next up, uh, if there is baseball in 2020, uh, chances are it's going to look a lot different. Uh, MLB's trying to do the robot umps. They're talking about maybe doing double headers that are seven inning games. Baseball could come back, but it might look very different from the baseball that we're used to. Are you freaking? Are you tweaking? Are you shorting StubHub stock? I'm probably shorting StubHub stock. <laughs> Why do you need to wreck this company? Because it's wreckable, all right? And again, I think we're all pretty desperate for just anything. I don't care if it's a glorified home run derby. Yeah. If it's robot umps, fine. I think doubleheaders, seven-inning doubleheader games is kind of silly. Yeah. Like, keep the games the same and just play a 60-game season or an 80-game season. Like, who cares? Why play doubleheaders? Well, that's like, what I'm saying. If there are no... I mean, I'm not, I'm not like an economist, obviously. I'm like a television editor. I'm not, like, you know, Warren Buffett here. But it's like, if there are no fans there, there's no gate, there's no... You're not selling hot dogs, you're not selling tickets. You know, I don't get it. I don't know. I think people are still in denial and they're under the illusion that 
they're going to be able to have fans in stadiums in like July or August, which is just absolutely not going to happen. I that see, ship yeah. has sailed, you know, like yes. we're looking at TV games. So what's the best way to do that? Like anything that's not safe, I, I don't, I, it's not worth the risk in my mind. You know, I kind of want the economy to slow down because we're not testing people because we're testing a bunch of baseball players. But <laughs> sure. uh, assuming that we can ramp our testing up and, and get to a place where, okay, we've got that, you know, I think they were saying it's going to take like 300 people just to do an empty stadium game you know all the security and the sure. support staff yeah, yeah, and like yeah, the yeah. camera crews yeah so like you got to be able to test 300 people every game times however many team you know do the math that's like a ton of tests every yeah, day yeah, you need yeah. so if you don't have that which we're going a long way from in this country so that's kind of the the domino that needs to fall and so hopefully we can get there but it, yeah it might be a while I guess I am, I'm tweaking actually. I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking. As much as I would like to short StubHub stock, and believe me, I had some problems with StubHub on Twitter. They are horrible. Like, uh, I hope they go bankrupt straight up. But uh, I'm tweaking, you know, seven inning double headers to me is awful. I'm already like a little bitter as a baseball fan about, uh, the uh, relief pitchers having to pitch to three batters. I thought that was a stupid rule. You know, I do feel like I'm a little worried that Major League Baseball might try to use this crisis to change the sport drastically so I, I guess i'd say i'm at a tweak with that so anyway uh that's enough of us uh let's go back to eric martinez when david got kicked out in game six after that trey turner call what was your reaction had you seen that kind of fire from him before you know i've never i've never seen him like that um <laughs> i was i was i haven't never seen dave that passionate Okay. You know, um, he's more of a quiet type, you know, laid back, constant professional. But, you know, that's, that's that Martinez blood, I guess, you know, and um, <laughs> I knew that he believed, you know, he believed he was correct. It was a bad, I mean, to be fair, it was a pretty bad call. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I went back and forth with umpires that uh, that I know, and they said it's a judgment call. I said, no, I mean, it's a judgment call, and it's a bad judge. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's that simple, yeah. you know, I mean. I think we all felt like our hearts were going to drop because this, if this, if that would have turned out to be a deciding factor, sure. I mean, can you imagine? You know. And the funny story, let's back up a little bit. Um, that that wild card game, I had fell asleep. I had fallen asleep, <laughs> and my my wife woke me up screaming. You know, you know, and and I turned it on, and Soto was running around second, and it was a lot of fun. You know, and Dave coached freely with nothing to lose i mean would you, you would probably agree with that oh my you lord know? yeah no i i, I thought that uh, the dodgers and the astros were two obviously amazing teams and probably the only way this nats roster could have won those two series was exactly the way your brother managed you know with uh scherzer and strasburg and using corbin and relief and just using hudson and doolittle mostly uh he was masterful absolutely so the million-dollar question, I guess, right now, do you think we'll see baseball in 2020? If you really think about it, I mean, to, to, put, to put the young men in hotels away from their families, you know, some who are, are, have pregnant wives, I mean, if you start to think about it in that sense, it's going to be tough to do. I mean, I think they're going to try their hardest to do it, you know, but do I, I don't know. I really can't say yay or nay to will we see baseball. Now, would you like to see baseball back as soon as possible, or would you rather wait to see it kind of come back in the traditional sense we're used to? You know, being a traditionalist, I want fans to 
beings. And, you know what I mean? I've seen a couple of uh, video clips of, of them playing, I think, in Korea, I believe. And they look just look kind of weird. <laughs> you know, they had a, a bench-clearing brawl, and it was just the players out there, no fans cheering, and they were kind of weird. So. Now, we're almost out of time, uh, but please let our listeners know how they can keep up with you on social media and how they can get involved with Player X. I have a website. It is www.iamplayerx.com. Um, you can catch me on Facebook at I Am Player X. Basically, what we do is we do some mindset training. So we have a community, a fitness page. We just share videos, workout videos. So if anyone's interested, hit us up on www.iamplayerx.com. All right, Eric. Uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, Kevin, I appreciate it. You guys stay safe. And on uh, Nation, stay safe out there. We'll see you guys soon. All right, uh, that was Eric Martinez. Uh, that was super cool. I, I really love that story about how the family was going to come up from Florida to D.C. and do a whole thing around July 4th, and they thought they might have to uh, cancel that trip after the Mets series. Yeah, really, like, again, when yeah, with hindsight, you realize what a crazy kind of roller coaster that, that time period was. But, I mean, that's why sports is amazing, right? Because you, you literally you can't script this stuff. You wouldn't believe it, so... Um, anyway, uh, so, you know, with everything going on, and we know that uh, especially a lot of businesses, the hospitality industry, uh, you know, have been hurting uh, through this crisis, we wanted uh, to give some local uh, small businesses a chance uh, for some free advertisement. And uh, we had a couple takers, and uh, right now Brian's going to tell you a little bit about the Mission Navy Yard. Yeah, keep the World Series streak alive and order from Nats headquarters, Mission Navy Yard, across from Nationals Park. Our friends there want you to know that Mission is open for takeout and delivery during the shutdown. Order their margaritas, quesadillas, and even shots and bottles of tequila to go. Or get it delivered with caviar or DoorDash. All right, and uh, for our next ad, I'm going to let uh, my fiance Nicole, who's been uh, quarantined with me for going on seven weeks now, uh, <laughs> read for Taco City. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Check out Taco City. It's a block away from the Navy Yard's 8th Street Southeast entrance. They have an authentic Mexican concept, corn masa tortillas made in-house with about 13 different varieties of tacos to choose from, Mexican small plates, enchiladas, quesadillas, and an array of specialty cocktails and margaritas like spicy infused serrano pepper, blood orange, and much more. And during this pandemic, they have drinks to go. Very clutch. They are also working with Cater Cow, taking donations to deliver meals to hospitals. Go to catercow.com slash cares slash taco dash city dash cc dash covid and chip in all right thanks and you can follow her at buffalo gal on twitter she is the famous one in this house uh, she's kind of twitter famous actually anyway uh that's uh some stuff for some local small businesses uh we know that you know they're they need as much business as they can get uh so if you're sitting around at, at your house and you're in their delivery range uh you know give them a shot uh, i think brian uh you know drinks uh, on demand sound great yeah i love how quickly those uh, rules about alcohol delivery <laughs> went away but yeah i mean if you're anything like uh like we are out here you're getting kind of sick of um you know eating canned tuna and rice and beans all the time <laughs> so definitely should take advantage of some of these uh great deals going on right now you know uh, one positive of this whole situation is like the on-demand drinking business is really taken off and yeah check <laughs> those, those guys out and uh right now we are going to be joined by uh DC sports veteran. Uh, we're all familiar with her, uh, Carol Maloney. Uh, Carol, uh, thanks so much uh, for taking the time with us today. 
Absolutely. Thank you for having I'm not that busy, but thank you for having me. <laughs> that was uh, going to be my first question. Uh, how are you holding up? I mean, I'm day to day, right? It's uh, one, I'm taking it one day at a time. Um, we, I'm hosting the show, the radio show from the house, and it wasn't, you know, time to set up a studio. We just <laughs> have like a computer connection. Um, my my day to day work stuff is challenging just to get topics and also, you know, to, to fill an entire two hour show, but also to, um, you make sure if some, it feels like if the internet too many people are on it might might either have a glitchy signal or it crashes. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys noticed there is some baseball back already. South Korea just had five preseason games. Yeah. Uh, yesterday or the you know the day before we taped this. So and there's they just announced that they're back. Well, and I think that'll be a guinea pig as we yeah. like hope and dream and talk about all the contingency plans to come back for baseball. Now you've been around the DC sports scene for a while. NBC Four, Masson, etc. I was hoping you could give our listeners some insight on how you got started and what your journey through the D.C. sports scene has been like over the years. Um, sure. Yeah, I came in 2001. I was coming from the NBC in Denver. Uh, I'd done weekends there. I came to do weekends here. Sage Steel was the main anchor, and I was a weekend report- and my reporter. My beat was the Orioles, mm-hmm. and then um, NBC Sports Washington, It was we called it Comcast Sportsnet. We had shows and everything, mm-hmm. Wizards. And all that other stuff, caps, and then um, went part time there. And went to NBC Four here in town, where I was the, the main sports anchor for about I think four or five. Years. I worked there seven years, but I was the main sports anchor for like three or four, mm-hmm. and uh, and then kind of took a year off, and then joined, got back into baseball with the Nats as a part time. Uh, host and reporter for Masson, and then also this radio show. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind, but I think that's like I think I just covered 18 years <laughs> of sports. I've done all the I've done all the sports and all the teams. You know, with the virus and baseball on hold, a lot of us uh, Nats fans have been reliving that amazing postseason run. You know, as someone who's been around and kind of seen it all in DC sports, where did that Nats run rank to you in terms of? you know, some of the greatest moments you've seen. That's incredible, right? I mean, I yeah. was watching the rebroadcast of Game 7 just last week. It is absolutely a thousand percent number one. Now, um, no, I was the dugout reporter. You know, everyone talks about May 24th when it was, uh, they were, you know, uh, 19 and 31 yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. So I was the dugout reporter that weekend, and I remember talking it so cheesy and so cliche where I was like, Ryan Zimmerman's like, you know, the same message from Davey every day, just think about today, one and oh, and, you know, don't look at the standings. I remember having to sell it to the producer and we're both like eye rolling, <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, so yeah. crazy. But to see it close up and having the journey and the fight, it was just so incredible. So I can't imagine really in my lifetime in any market having to kind of experience that. It was so great and so fun. And to relive it last week, you can tell it's just kind of like I'm fired up again. Yeah, no, we, um, the other guest on this episode is actually, uh, Davey Martinez's, uh, brother Eric, and he had told this funny story about, uh, the family had planned to come up to DC in July to visit Davey. And, you know, after 19 and 31, they were about to cancel the trip because they just assumed he was going to be fired. <laughs> you know, um, do you, yeah. as someone on, as someone on the beat, I mean, do you think, was it was he close to getting fired? I mean, I didn't really want it because I loved working with him, and everyone said the same kind of things about him, which is all positive. Yeah. And you know, sometimes though, a clubhouse or any team can just not hear a voice and needs a new voice. And I thought, uh oh, on that day, May twenty fourth, I was on the field. We were gathered around Mike Rizzo, all those microphones in his face, and I was thinking he might announce there might have been a change. He had had yeah. like a 
a conference with Max Scherzer, which was very hushed tones off to the side. It looked very mm. serious that just before that. And I was like, what's going on? How, oh, here we go. Right after the sweep, uh, you know, of the, the Mets, Mets that yeah. came back. And so we literally thought that could be it. And so it wasn't. And he said, you know, uh, Mike Rizzo said all the things. And he, it gave Davey like a vote of confidence a little bit. But we go into the elevator right after that. And I looked at the producer, John Harvey, and I'm like, he wasn't that sounding that convincing. And he goes, <laughs> I absolutely agree. So we weren't 100% sure. And Mike Rizzo said, he, he, he told us later, that he was a couple of weeks away from having to make a move there. All right, uh, that was a little bit uh, from Carol Maloney, and uh, we're going to be back with her in just a second. Uh, but right now, uh, very popular segment, uh, The King's Court. <laughs> All right, uh, hear ye, hear ye. We are in the King's Court. The King's Court is still open uh, amidst the COVID virus. Uh, they're still taking cases. Uh, we are here. Um, first up on the Royal Docket, uh, Major League Baseball, uh, StubHub, Ticketmaster, uh, they haven't been refunding fans their money. They're either offering you know, store credit or just kind of holding it. Uh, Your Majesty, are they guilty or not guilty of being Oh, 100% guilty. I'm guilty. Is that what you want to hear? You know, people are struggling out there, uh, losing their jobs, and mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of money. A family of four baseball tickets, it's, you know, it could be over hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Um, to, to hold that money is just ridiculous. I mean, come on, they're not playing these freaking games, and if mm -hmm. they do, they're gonna be who knows what and who knows when. Yeah, I mean, I know y we both have been affected. I had a game, mm -hmm. you know, Dodgers tickets for April, when the Nats were supposed to be out here, you know, that, that game isn't going to happen. I'm not going to be able to go to that game. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we wrote to the Dodgers asking the money back and nope, like nothing, not even a reply. So, I mean, it's just completely bogus. Um, and I know, you know, and they're purposely kind of saying that, well, they're pro postponed. I'm like, yeah, bullshit. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, uh, so yeah, I know you had a bad experience with StubHub. Yeah, no, my experience was, you know, uh, I gotten a, a gift. Uh, it was like a big kind of birthday slash Christmas present from my family, and they were pretty nice tickets uh, down low uh, for the banner raising game. I, I believe it's supposed to be April second, and you know, I had never even actually gotten the tickets. Uh, so my argument was like, the date had passed. I had written StubHub, and I'm like, hey you know the game was yesterday so i'd like a refund and, and you know to be honest i would have taken a site credit whatever but they were just such jerks about it and they're like well it's not the seller's fault and it's not major league baseball's fault and it's not you know our fault and and it's just like i'm not like a f bank like I, like whose fault is it it's like i've paid you know money and you're keeping my money and you haven't provided a service and that wouldn't fly in any other business you know it reminded me of that scene in fargo where william h macy keeps asking his father-in-law for money and they keep telling him you know we're not a bank jerry no but wait see i was bringing you this deal for you to loan me the money to put in you're saying we put in all the money and you collect when it pays off no no I... we're not a bank jerry <laughs> you know and they construct all this bull 
logic about why they're just going to hold your money, and it's a total joke and illegal, uh, and they want government bailouts uh, on top of that. So anyway, next up on the royal docket, um, players uh, who have complained about this potential Arizona plan of everyone kind of going out there and the entire league trying to do a season while the players are sequestered at hotels, etc., etc. The people who don't want to do this, are they guilty or not guilty of being soft? Not guilty. Not guilty. Y'all got to feel me. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to ask players to go for four to six months and be apart from their families yeah, on a complete yeah. lockdown. The amount of testing we would need, we're just not even there yet, as we are discussing earlier. Mm. You know, it's taking resources away from areas that need it more. Yeah. Look, I want to yeah. see, obviously, baseball as much as anyone else does, but like let's be let's be real baseball is not an essential business uh ask the players to do this to make this kind of sacrifice is just kind of insane anyway uh that was a feisty uh covid edition of the king's court uh now back to carol maloney obviously a lot came out after that series about the astros and their sign stealing did that change your view of the nats win i we'd always heard the whispers about the astros um but i had thought that they'd put it behind them. You know, yeah, they're being watched yeah. now. They, they, they've been admonished. And so the World Series comes along, and in game two when Strasburg starts, I noticed in the broadcast a shot in the dugout of them whispering, the Astros whispering, had their hands over their mouths, mm. and George Springer, it was right after Bregman's home run, made it 2 nothing. And I, I took a clip of it. I put it on my Twitter page, and I just said, it looked, you know, Strasburg tipping his pitches again. Not not saying that they were stealing or anything. And I'm telling you, I've got so many incredibly irate Astros fans, <laughs> you know, uh, just how dare I, don't I know baseball, all this stuff. It was just, uh, the vitriol was so bad. And I thought, wow, these fans are really sensitive about it. And they're like, we're so sick of this narrative, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so when it happened, the rest of us were like, ha. And the fact that the Nats could... Um, you know, win in Houston at Minute Maid Park made it so much better yeah, uh, that, yeah. you know, because they had that incredibly complicated system uh, where they would, you know, find the sign that chased the two, like whatever <laughs> they did, they kept changing the signs for different batters. It was so incredible. Uh, so I think Paul Menhart gets a ton of credit. It's interesting how these two franchises are linked. Uh, you know, they shared a spring training facility. They obviously played in the last World Series. And, uh, you know, now they are sharing a manager in Dusty Baker. Uh, what was your take on that hire? Yeah, wasn't that just such a right move for them? Because Dusty is universally beloved, um, especially... You know, we've anyone who's covered him or has gotten to know him, he's just such a genuine, likable man with such a great storyteller. So yeah. I, I was happy for Dusty because I was really hoping he'd get another chance. Um, and I was also crushed a little bit because I was like, I can't root for him. You know, I don't <laughs> care, Dusty. I'm so sorry. But I'm not rooting for you, and I'm going to boo him at every chance. And then I was there for the early part of the spring chain, training the first week, and it was like the gnats were like the, the sloppy stepchildren of their own, you know, facility like every other media is on the other side the fans are on the other side dusty was on the other side they were doing a press conference to introduce him and the nats had i remember mike rizzo was like what we got one camera here you know <laughs> like come on we're the world series champ so 
Um, I'm glad they're not doing the banner and the ring ceremony until fans are allowed. So if baseball does come back, we, they're going to still wait. So in the event that they do have some form of baseball this year, what do you think of the Nats' chances to repeat? We don't even know really who's going to play third base, right? I mean, last <laughs> I heard, Carter Keboom didn't get the reps that he needed at third base. They still, I think, are hopeful it's his job to lose. Yeah. We have some big questions, but I don't know. I just, It's going to have to rip it out of their hands, I think. I, I, because of the rotation... Because of the, the, you know, the big four, uh, your starter, starting pitchers, they're probably the ones that will dictate on how the season goes when it gets back. Now, uh, we're almost out of time, uh, but please let our listeners know how they can keep up with you on social media, you know, about your show, anything else you'd like to plug. Um, well, I do that show, but it's from 10 to noon on uh, the ESPN radio in DC. So he's like, Hey Siri, play ESPN radio. <laughs> and if you're in DC, it will just play us. But ESPN 630 is the frequency on the AM dial. And we have a lot of fun. I, I host uh, the show and Andy Poland, yeah. uh, who's a longtime voice in town, uh, joins me most of the time in um, Hannah Wolfart. And um, I think that's it. That's all I have to promote. <laughs> that and a bunch of couch sitting. That's back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just couch sitting. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what we're all doing uh, these days. Uh, but anyway, Carol, thanks so much uh, for taking some time with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me. Anytime. Thanks so much, Carol. All right. Uh, that was Carol Maloney. I uh, really appreciate uh, her taking a time on our show. She's kind of a DC sports legend. Uh, so I, I thought it was super cool that she uh, took some time with us. Yeah, that was super great. So anyway, this show is pretty gym packed. Uh, so we'll keep our wrap short. Uh, you know, uh, just thanks a lot uh, to our guests who took uh, time out of their day to be on the show. And, you know, to everyone in Nats Nation and uh, Talk Nats family, uh, you know, please stay safe out there and listen to the experts. And, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. Yeah. No, again, just, yeah. Everyone, uh, stay safe and yeah, listen to the experts. And the sooner we do that, the sooner we can open things up and, and get back out there and um, yeah, get back to our quote unquote normal lives. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's our episode. Uh, go Nats. Go, go go USA. Go go humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>